lift them up and Lord, we just lift them up to you lord they have company i know but there's been some struggles of some kind and so lord you know what they are we just ask you lord to touch that family bless them and give them guidance we praise you and we thank you lord this evening's message is entitled life in the spirit but we all know that life in the spirit that's a very broad category that's a big one so tonight i wanted us to talk about overcoming sin because it's in the spirit that's the only way living life in the spirit that we are truly able to overcome sin we've been talking about sin a lot in some of our services and i think and, and we've been talking about repentance and I think that's because, you know, it's been so neglected for so long. And it's not something that we should be neglecting. I think that it's led people astray. And since life is a broad, life in the spirit's a broad subject, we know that it includes things, I'm gonna have a lot of overheads tonight, things like fruit and gifting and power. And all of those things are given to us through the Holy Spirit by the hand of God. In this message, as we address this aspect of it, it's the power of the Holy Spirit that every believer has been given, every believer has been given, to cause us to be overcomers, and we can overcome sin. Without understanding that we can overcome sin, we leave ourselves open to being victimized, to being victimized by the influence of others around us and by being victimized mostly by our own thoughts, our own emotions. They come in and they victimize us if we don't understand that God has given us the victory. The scriptures are very clear. We are not meant to be victims. Amen. For believers, Sin has lost its power. That's what we know. Sin is not just doing things that we shouldn't. And let's be clear on that. Sin is not just doing things that we shouldn't. Sin has its very own power, the scriptures tell us. Sin uses the good written laws of God to condemn us. That's what sin does. For believers, we know that sin has lost that power, though. So we're going to look at scriptures tonight. Tonight we're going to be looking, I'm going to post them because there's several, and I want you just to be able to mostly read them if you're here present. We're going to be hanging out a lot in Romans, though, if you want to look in your own Bibles. Uh, we will jump to a couple of others, but a lot in the book of Romans. Romans 7 tells us, that the sinful nature that lives in us rebels against the law of God, which is spiritual. In rebellion, the sinful nature then draws our flesh into slavery. That's what the nature does. It seeks to draw our flesh into slavery, causing us to do everything that is contrary to or that's against the law of God. As believers, our spirits have been made alive in Christ, right? Amen. 
and Christ Jesus, our spirits, cannot be swayed by sin. And that's what we have to understand. We worship in spirit, and our spirits in Christ Jesus, led by the Holy Spirit of the living God, cannot be swayed, remember that word, by sin. It doesn't mean the enemy won't try, but he can't sway us. We're alive in Christ. Romans 6.6 6 is going to be our first scripture. Romans 6.6 6 reads, We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power over our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. That's great news because if we're not slaves, then we're victors. We're victorious in Christ, right? We like that word. I want to be victorious. <coughs> Don't you want to be victorious Amen. in Christ? Amen. Sin has no power over us. We are Christ-centered. We're powerful to the very pulling down of strongholds, the scriptures tell us. Do you see it? Do you understand that you have been given the authority and the power over sin to pull down every stronghold against you in Christ Jesus? This is where we start. We're victors. We have to see it. You have to see your victory. If you're spending all your time looking at the sin, that's all you're going to do. The sin will grab you. The sin will draw you away. You need to look at the victory. You need to keep your eyes on the victor, who is Jesus Christ. You need to understand that we walk in the spirit. It's the Holy Spirit of the living God walking in that spirit that makes us victorious. Keep your eyes on the prize. Quit looking at the sin and keep your eyes on the promises of victory that the word of God gives you and gives me. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5. For the weapons of our warfare, see, we know a lot of these scriptures, but let's really get them. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down every argument and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Note, please, that the actions are in present tense in this scripture. They are present tense actions, pulling, casting, bringing. This is an ongoing Situation. This is an ongoing, this is not a one time, I cast it down and it's gone. You walk in that present tense. You walk staying ready at all times and being alert because it's present. I will pull down these strongholds as they come. I'm pulling them down. I am casting them down. I will stay alert at all times. The desires of my flesh. Let's talk about that for a second. The carnal nature. The carnal nature comes through our five senses. So understand when we read in scriptures talking about the carnal nature, think of your five senses. I see it. 
then I want it, right? Isn't that how we are? If I touch it, ooh, I have to have it. If I taste it, oh, now it's mine. It's mine. Once I taste it, it's mine. Sin takes control. And just, just with us today, just the very, very same way that it did in the Garden of Eden. I want you to think about that. How were they tempted in the Garden of Eden? The sight, the sound of the serpent, the smells probably of the fruit and of the, of the plants, the touching of it, ooh, and then the tasting. This is how sin enters into us through our carnal nature, our carnal nature. And we will be tested by that old serpent today just the same as they were in the Garden of Eden. Mm -hmm. Does anybody think that's not going to happen to you? Is anybody so holy that it could never happen to you? I know I'm not. I know I'm not. But then what happens is, is we have this internal war that's going on inside of us. It's a constant back and forth. It's, the scripture tells us that we are able, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to use the weapons he's given us, power for pulling down strongholds. Those are our habits. Those are our habits. The Holy Spirit gives us power to pull down those habits, to pull down those strongholds in our life, to cast down arguments. What are the arguments we have? We say, it'll be okay. Just go ahead. Doesn't that sound like the serpent? It won't hurt you. And everything high, every high thing, that's justifying our sin. People get puffed up. They want to justify sin in their lives. They say, well, I just can't help it. Or what am I doing that's all that bad, really? We do not have to be conformed to the world's pattern. Yeah. And we've got to get that because you better take a look out there at this world we're living in. We do not have to be conformed to this world's pattern because scripture says that we can renew our minds. We can have newness of thought. We're going to look at Romans and I'm just going to give you a verse 2 in Romans 12. In Romans 12, verse 2, it says we present ourselves to God as a living sacrifice. Verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, then you will be able to test and approve what God's good will is. His good and pleasing and perfect will. Don't we want that? I want you to hear it. We don't have to be conformed. We are meant to be transformed. And how, do we are meant to, how does that happen for us? He told us right there, by the renewing of our minds. Renewing our minds. That's what's going to transform us. Romans 8, 5. 
I didn't put a scripture, but it's the flesh versus the spirit. Romans 8, 5. It's a tug of war. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, have their minds set on what the spirit desires. So do I want to live being controlled by the Holy Spirit of the living God one minute and then the very next minute allowing my desires, allowing what goes on inside of me to control me the next, those pulls that come? Do I want to be in that tug of war? Are my desires from God? Are they coming from myself? Or are they even coming from Satan? Am I led by the Spirit? Am I ready? Am I ready to give up habits? So be sincere. Ask yourself some of these questions. We need to. We need to always self-examine. Never think you're too above self-examining because that's when we get into trouble. Be ready to self-examine and be sincere with yourself and with God because some habits we keep just because we really don't want to get rid of them. We really like them. We don't want to get rid of them. So examine your own desires and then ask God to deliver you. We must ask God to deliver us from anything that displeases him. Sometimes we don't want to do that. Ask him to deliver you from what displeases him and mean it. And mean it. Be sincere about it. We should always start with asking and do what God wants us to do when he tells us. The Holy Spirit lives in us in order to reproduce, not you. He lives in us in order to reproduce Jesus Christ to this world. That's why he lives in us. He wants to reproduce the life of Christ in each and every one of us. How often does it really happen when you look around? Christians have a very bad name because we're not reproducing the life of Christ in us. Amen. We cannot live in God's calling. We cannot please God without the Spirit of God. If you think you could do it without the Spirit of God, you're sadly mistaken. Without the Holy Spirit, our mind will be governed by the flesh. There's no question. That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit. We're going to read Romans 8, 6 through 9. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Thank you, Jesus. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm, realm of the flesh cannot please God. We know that. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit. Do you recognize that? You need to see it. 
When I say see it, these are the things you need to be focusing on. You're not in the realm of the flesh. You're in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. Pretty plain. I want to talk to you for a minute about those words realm. Let's look at the definition of that. A realm or a domain is an area of territory owned and controlled by a ruler or a government. Okay? What this scripture is telling us is we are no longer owned or controlled by the flesh. We are owned by the spirit because the spirit of God lives in us. He has made us his domain, right? You know that the spirit of God lives in you. He's made us his domain. He is to govern us and he is to rule us. The flesh may still tempt, but it's now a trespasser in the realm of the spirit. Our new ruler, the Holy Spirit, sends us out to conquer the flesh, with the spirit ruling, we can resist. Don't think that you can't. We can resist. And we can kill all the deeds of the body. We are no longer slaves to the things that keep us from pleasing God. Let's go to Romans 8, 12 through 13. Romans 8, 12 through 13. Therefore, brethren... We are debtors, all of us, not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if we live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the flesh, then you will live. So he's telling us, live in the Holy Spirit. Stay in continuous contact with him, because then he will supply all the power that each and every one of us needs to live the life of Christ. He is a deep well. He is a deep well. He is a refreshing. He is a waterfall of life that will pour onto you and out to others. That's what we need to be. That's what we need to walk in. In Christ, every believer has been given a new mind. A new way of Christ-like thinking. And that is really, really good news. Because it's just a gift. He gave it to you. A new way of Christ-like thinking through which everything is able to be filtered. And that's what we need to do. Filter it through that new mind that he's given you. I mentioned Romans 12 too. And that's the scripture that tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So let your thinking be changed. Let it be molded. Let it be transformed. How do we do that? You know. We do it by making the commitment. We study the word of God. Study the word of God. Spend time with God in prayer. In private, alone time in prayer. Your renewed mind is meant to align you to Jesus Christ and to Jesus Christ's way of thinking. And as we walk in the Spirit, 
Our renewed mind is meant to affect every part of our lives, every part of our lives, every part of our lives. The decisions we make, the how we conduct ourselves publicly and privately. There's a big one, not just publicly, how do we conduct ourselves privately? It's meant to change us, the decisions we make. That's what he wants from us. The renewing is, again, another one of those present tense words. It's not a one-time thing. God doesn't come along and go, boop, your mind's renewed. Okay, you're good to go. No, it doesn't say he renewed your mind. He said he is renewing your mind. It's an ongoing relationship that he wants with us. We cannot get a one-time shot and have it and think we're going to just live out our lives throwing up a prayer here or there and being able to walk in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit means being with the Spirit 24-7. 24-7. And that's what he wants. Renewing is present tense. It is ongoing in our lives. Renewing our minds, guess what it does? It chokes out all those invasive weeds. As you're renewing your mind, those invasive weeds of sin, they begin to get choked out until that sin, whatever it is, is destroyed, completely destroyed. That's what it will do for us. There's nothing like it. The Holy Spirit of the living God will give us everything we need. He teaches us. He equips us. He comes alongside of us as we walk in that new life. But he does not force us. And that's why I'm being so like out there this evening. He's not going to force us. We have to choose to submit to God. We must desire the teaching. We must want to conform to Christ's likeness. And it is a daily commitment. A daily commitment. In our carnal lives, what we talked about with those five senses, we live to please ourselves. We've all done it. We live to please ourselves, and when we do that, what we do is we alienate ourselves from God and all of his blessings. We live soulish lives, and our spirits are deadened within us as we do that. Our lives jump. They jump from one thing to another, trying to find fulfillment. Do you remember how that was? Do you remember how it was before you walk with the Lord? Always looking for something to fulfill you. Mm -hmm. There wasn't anything that was ever enough. Nothing lasted for long. Walking in the Spirit is what is going to free us from the bondage to all of the things, and we're going to talk about them in Galatians 5, 19 through 21. We don't like to talk about Galatians 5, 19 through 21 because it's telling us a lot of the works of the flesh, but they will destroy us if we don't pay attention. Amen. So we have to stay alert. Let's read it. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, 
outbursts of anger, envy, drunkenness, revelry, revelries, and the like, selfish ambitions, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those are really strong words, and we need to take them to heart. We know God has not changed his standards. He's not changed his standards. Note that Paul says, those who practice such things. And I really want everyone to get this, because this question comes up a lot. Those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those who practice such things. This is not about works of the flesh and sins that occur in a person's life that are immediately recognized by the person and then repented of. That's not what Paul is talking about. He is talking about unrepentant sin, unrepentant sinning, a lifestyle of such behavior. With the Holy Spirit actively living in you, you cannot live a lifestyle of continual, ongoing, sinful, habitual behavior and not feel the tug of the Holy Spirit against you. We have no excuse. That's what he's talking about. Not the occasional, uh-oh, I, uh I hurt somebody's feelings, I gossiped, I was jealous, I found myself being jealous. And you recognize it because the Holy Spirit is telling you and you immediately repent. You go to the person, you ask them for forgiveness. Because, but especially you go to God because remember, every sin is against God. Mm -hmm. He's talking about those habitual sins. The habitual sin that someone chooses to live, and if someone chooses to live in any of those ways, eventually they will have their consciences seared. And if your conscience is seared, then you will no longer be able to perceive the Holy Spirit of the living God warning you. We clear on all of that one? Because it's a big one. People ask about it. Paul tells us that the flesh and the spirit are at odds, and we already know that if you walk with the Lord for a while. Um, it's at odds, and they're at odds with one another. We know it to be true. God does not leave us hopeless. Praise God, right? He doesn't leave us hopeless. We're able to walk out our lives according to the will of the Spirit of God if, we take hold of the fact that we're dead to the power of sin. I mentioned it earlier, I'm saying it again. We are dead to the power of sin. Sin is still gonna try to get to us, but we are no longer just in slavery to it. We are dead to the power of sin. Sin is still gonna try to draw us. It's still gonna be out there trying to draw us. That's why we're to be alert to that roaring lion seeking whom he can destroy. Mm -hmm. It'll still try to get you, but we're dead to its power. Sin does not have the power over us anymore. We can resist it. 
We can say no. We can say no to sin. Paul gives us the answer to the dilemma, and he gives it to us in Galatians 5.16. It's at the bottom of that slide, where he says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So there's your answer. Walk in the Spirit. That's your answer to the problem of sin, right there. Walk in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit in us. He is our deposit, and he gives us just a small taste of that resurrection life to come. One day, you'll be given a resurrection body, each and every one of you, if you love the Lord. A resurrection body that's going to be like our Lord Jesus Christ, a body that is free from sin, a body that will never see decay or waste, that is immortal that is eternal. And why am I saying that now? Because although we currently are here and we're bound in our current bodies, Paul tells us that even now today, spiritually, spiritually, we are raised with Christ. That's where we win our battles, in the Spirit. We're going to read Colossians 3, 1 through 4. It says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things of this earth, for you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. He's telling us, seek the things above to set our mind on them. If we're God's children, bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, we are not meant to live according to the world, but according to God's word. We've been bought with the price of Jesus Christ's suffering, his sacrifice, his blood. That's the price that only Messiah could pay. We've been brought from death, the scriptures tells us, into new life. And if we're sincere, when we see Jesus Christ our Lord, then our desires will begin to change. The Holy Spirit becomes then our advocate. I like that word advocate. I want him to come alongside. I want him to be my cheerleader. He shows us the will of the Father, and he shows us how to understand the word of God. He leads us when we don't know which way to go. He assures us that we belong to God. Do you realize how blessed we are? Amen. We're so blessed to have the Holy Spirit of the living God with us at all times. So we need to check our thoughts. Receive the word of God and believe the word of God. I put it up here. 
receive the word of God and believe the word of God, his word renews our minds and it destroys sin's power over our thoughts. That's what the word of God does. Agree with the word of God. Recognize that your victory is in the finished work of Jesus and keep your eyes on that victory. Don't let it out of your sight. See your victory. Know that you have power to overcome. The power of the cross is greater than any influence or any thought. Then believe. See yourself in that freedom that you've been promised in the word of God. Believe God's word for you and act. Our faith is an active faith, and even the word believe is an action word. Believe, you have to put feet to it. Put feet to it. Walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. He, our focus cannot be on sin. And we're, we're almost wrapping up, okay? Our focus cannot be on sin. Our focus is to be on walking with God. He is the one. God is the one who will conform us to his likeness. It's not by your effort. You are not looking at the sin, trying to fight the sin. Look at the one. As you conform to the likeness of Jesus Christ, your mind becomes aligned with his. You're not going to be chasing after the carnal things. They, they become meaningless to you. So we yield more and more to God through spending time in his presence. Spending time in his presence. Devote yourself. Make the decision. Devote yourself to him. It's a devotion to the God of the universe. Devote yourself to him reading and studying and obeying the word. Don't forget the obeying part. Pray. Fellowship with one another like we so like to do. And make the choice. Choose to live life in the spirit. Dixon? And last Wednesday's service, Pastor Pete told us to live in ways that line up with the word of God. Amen. To live in ways that honor Christ and his mission. That's what life in the spirit is all about. The Holy Spirit, he's the one. He transformed believers from within. And he's willing, he's so, so willing to accomplish all the promises of God in our lives. As we move forward, we need to live in his presence. 24-7. 24-7. Are you living life in the spirit? Let's ask ourselves, what is my mindset? Am I being transformed continually? Is my mind being renewed continually? It's a daily choice. Daily. 
choose to keep your focus on God. The Holy Spirit will direct our steps. He will teach us how to keep the demonic forces at bay. He will bring fulfillment. We want that. And he will guard each and every one of us in all of our ways. And you know what? We haven't even talked about all the fruit and the gifts that he brings, all the power he pours into our lives. But we know that he, he fully equips us in every way for every good work, every good work of God. So wake up every morning with God on your mind. That's what I want you to do. Wake up every morning with God on your mind. Determine to relinquish each day, your current day, to Him. To walk in the Holy Spirit. Cast all your cares on Him because He cares for you. Believe His promises. Lay your head on your pillow at night. rest time to him your dream time to him your sleep to him under the supervision of the Holy Spirit there's no better place to be living life in the spirit involves so much more than just conquering sin but oh how sweet it is when we are it. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to end with what Pastor Lyle said in Sunday's message. He said, repent, worship God in spirit and in truth. Get the mindset of Christ and go out.